Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 183 and I am your host, the great captain. I am the captain now. I am not Khalif Adams. I am Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan, a.k.a. Caesars, a.k.a. the Bruce Wayne of Bricago. And I am here this week and every week with... My brother from another mother, he makes afros look good, or mini fros. He makes science look good. He makes STEM look good. He makes tutoring look good. He also makes gaming look good. He is the one and only Mr. Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you today, sir? Yo, I'm chilling, man. I'm feeling really good right now, man. I'm feeling really good. It's been quite a week. Yes. Um, a little tired. Been a lot of tutoring sessions. The... Uh, Next ACT is coming up very soon, so a lot of parents are starting to freak out and remember that their students need some help. So, um, been a lot of tutoring for the ACT, and I am so ready to talk about games because I've been talking too much about English, math, reading, and science. Damn it! Wake up, all the children, gonna teach them new ways. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so right, I can teach you so many things about comma usage. Oh, um, you know, but right. I don't want you right now. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, a comma, we'll put a comma on that and say that our third chair is occupied by our returning champion. She is my North side sister. She is the one that told you that she needs the verse games. She is part of a cipher, but not that kind of cipher. She is the cipher of tier. Uh, top dog of I Need Diverse Games herself, Miss Tanya DePass. Tanya DePass, how are you today, Miss? I'm good. I, I'm feeling that intro. I like it. Oh, right on. Hey, you know, that's, I, I do what I do. Uh, I mean, you are doing all sorts of great things in the world. Um, how are you? What is going on? How is uh, the north side of Chicago? Uh, north side is still muggy as muggy can be because I was like, ooh, I ain't going outside. Forget that. that that's not <laughs> the move today. Um, it's been good. I, I actually have been doing a lot of media stuff. I've been making some moves for uh, post packs and and things going on. So I have talked a lot today. So, um, all right. Well, you know, all good stuff. All good stuff. Hopefully, uh, I can talk about it once I, I have release dates and. And know hmm. when articles will drop, etc. All right, all right. So Tanya is making moves and talking a lot. Uh, you will not get a reprieve tonight, Tanya. I know because <laughs> you're gonna have a shitload of talking to do. Um, but uh, before we get into all of the talking that we're gonna do for this week, we've got to say we did a lot of talking last week in episode 182. Uh, we had a great time. We really enjoyed all the feedback um, as we shit it all over <laughs> Nintendo's debacle of a communication uh, solution and uh, leaped and heaped on praises uh, for the Destiny 2 beta. Mm-hmm. I actually did get to play it. Oh, you it did? Was, yeah, it was really good. Nice. Um, I, did, I did enjoy my time. Um, and, and I don't understand... Uh, the people that said, oh, it plays just like the original Destiny as a pejorative. Um, like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, you know, all they did was tweak it, and that was perfect. I thought I thought the game was, was really good. Um, so I are, was still, are, are you considering jumping back in? 
Oh, I'm look like sixty so, bucks. Yeah, so no, I'm 120 bucks in. Like that. This is the thing. Whoa. This is the thing. So my prediction at the beginning of the year was that Destiny Two was going to come out, and that uh, people will buy it. It will sell well, but it will not resonate. It won't have the same type of tale. Um, that piece of prediction, that stubnostication, just broke Tanya. <laughs> uh, made her drop things. Um, but but so I am still sticking with that. That uh, that it will sell well, but I don't know if I I don't know if fans will stick around for it. Um, having said that. I'm already on the hook. Like they, you know, the the question for me wasn't whether or not I was going to buy the the game. The question was whether was how many copies of the game was I going <laughs> to okay. buy. That okay. was always good. That it's was always the question. Whole different yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, that was that was always going to be. That was always the question. Um, and you know, was it was was I going to buy it just for the Xbox One, my primary gaming console, or was I also going to buy it on the PlayStation Four? Uh, and the answer is, I will be buying it on both. Um, but more, more than likely, uh, even though I will most likely before the end of the year have a PlayStation 4 Pro in oh. my living room uh, with my Xbox One Ultimate. What is it? What is the what's the real name of the, the X? Xbox One? Yes, the Xbox One X. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So the. Uh, I will probably have the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X uh, in my living room by the end of the year. So, okay. um, but so I guess the, it'll be really a, a, a interesting decision to see which one becomes my primary gaming console if it yeah. stays uh, stays my Xbox or if I, if I switch over to the PlayStation. Okay. But I will have that game on both consoles. Okay, hey, um, Tanya, did uh, you get a chance to play the Destiny 2 beta? Um, I played a little bit of it, but I got to the point where it wasn't fun to play without people, and a lot of the folks I knew already had squatted up with folks I knew from playing the original Destiny. Um, so I'm one yeah. of those lapsed players that's going to need a lot to pull me back into it, because it was fun doing the initial solo stuff, but then it was like, okay, here's the jumping stuff I didn't enjoy in the first game. There's no one to really kind of walk through it with me, and Destiny is a game where you really need a squad, even though, you know, there's talk of more solo content. I don't think it's going to be a game that's going to hold a solo player very well, especially if you got in the first Destiny, kind of fell out of it for whatever reason, and then you come back and try to do stuff, and you're like, well, I still don't have a, a regular squad, so why am I going to keep playing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough sell because on like one side, like Bungie is saying, yeah, we're introducing all these modes to help you like connect with clans if you're a solo player. And then on the other side, literally, they're like always saying Destiny is a game that's best enjoyed with your friends. So I'm like, which one is it? Like, like, uh, so yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I think that even though they are introducing things like guided games to help like solo players to raid and that kind of stuff i still think that the it's still a tough sell if you don't you know have some friends to um do some of this stuff for i do think that the solo stuff will be better than the original destiny but Mm -hmm. i don't know if i would necessarily recommend as 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 of what i know of it now i don't know if i would tell someone that wasn't interested in playing a lot of the multiplayer to drop 60 bucks just for the solo stuff. Well, here's the other thing, too, is that I was one of those people that didn't get into Destiny until Taken King came out. 
Okay. And so even though they gave you that token that bumped you to 25, it didn't teach you how to play the game. You were, you were just a level 25 right. character with no idea on what to do. So it was like somebody aged up a kid but didn't teach them anything. Oh, they're like, <laughs> okay, you can kind of talk, you can kind of walk, but that's all you got. You know, you don't know how about the jumping, you don't know about the kind of raids, so you didn't organically go through those levels. So it was like, okay, so I'm level 25, what do I do? And then I'm trying to play with people who've been playing since launch. Yeah. So that that also is kind of what killed it because, you know, you got people, they, they've got their rhythm, they've got their teammates, and you're the new kid coming in even with, with the appropriate level but not the appropriate skills. Right, right. Well, uh, you know what, guys? Um, there's another thing that I know about that's more fun uh, with your friends. Do you guys know what that is? I really hope you're not going to say what I think you're going to say. He's going to say what you think he's going to say. Go ahead. What is yeah, fun I'm, with your friends? Cicero? It's what's more fun with your friends is sex. Oh my god. So okay, Cicero, so, you're my friend, but yes, but you know, I mean, you know, select friends, but you know, I would hope. Um, so oh I, 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 I don't know what's happening right now. You knew what you were so, signed up for. So sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, look, Whatever. I'm not sneaking up on anybody. I'm, I'm so, well protected. So. So, You're in another I state. I don't want, I don't want you to be like Usher out there. Oh right? my God. Hey, oh, yeah, let it burn. Um, so <laughs> now is that the let Usher it let it burn or is that the right. burn from yeah, Hamilton? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to miss my shots. <laughs> I got confessions. Um, so, so Valve, Valve has canceled a very popular game uh, that was available on uh, Steam called House Party. Uh, that uh, low key was a sexy game, uh, full of the sexy times. Uh, Reef, why don't you talk about the sexy times that were? happening in House Party and what's going on there. Sure. Um, so House Party is a game from the, from the developer Eat Games. Um, it was out first on sort of the uh, indie gaming platform Game Jolt and then came to Steam. It's essentially described as like a raunchy comedy game. And the idea is that you go to this party, you know, and you basically try to do random stuff. Like you get in fights with people, you hook up with people, you get drunk. It's a, it's supposed to be a call out to like the kind of leisure suit Larry kind of attitude right. of games, except in like a first person. So it has some really weird stuff. It obviously has some sexual situations and some nudity. It also has this weird thing apparently where you, where you can drop your pants at any time and expose <laughs> yourself to anyone, which is super weird. <laughs> Um, but the, you know, but like they're saying, Hey, this is just lighthearted humor and like that kind of stuff. So with all of that stuff, steam approved the game. And this is sort of after, you know, the game was already popular before it hit steam. Right. Um, and then steam kind of launched it to the next level when you started getting like the PewDiePie's and all these other big streamers, like playing it because, you know, the game just sounds like, like ridiculous. So after it launched and got really, really popular, they started getting like complaints about it being pornographic, about it being not a good represent, a good like representation of, you know, of like what a game is. And then Steam actually shut it out. Now, the reason that I thought that this story was interesting is because, number one, Steam did not tell them really why they were shutting it out. Mm -hmm. They just said, you know, that they were getting like complaints about like pornography. Um, and the dev is like, well, if it was, wasn't pornographic enough to get accepted, why is it 
pornographic now. Right. Um, and the other thing is, you know, just really having the idea of, is it possible to make, you know, sexual games that either are like comedic or like serious ones and really be able to, you know, get the distribution to be able to like get them in, in a wide audience. I mean, video games are an art form, you know, like movies and stuff like that, you know, like I, you can kind of have these kind of off sort of like indie flicks that sort of, you know, that cover some more suggestive kind of material. Um, and those, you know, have the capability to get a like audience. It seems like it's, it's a little more difficult for video games. It seems like that they kind of get, um, a different rap, a different kind of set of standards um, when when it comes to like content that you know is not you know of the uh, of the I guess approved kind of level. So kind of kind of wanted to get you guys' opinion on um, what you think kind of like the state of you know like sexual content in games. If you think it's something that uh, needs to be improved, if 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 you think that like a game like this, it kind of like should be banned if it gets like like uh, complaints like regardless of the fact that it was approved or not and you know just just your general thoughts on on it so i want to start with tanya um i think it's it's a matter of if if the game was okay enough to get approved by steam it it's backpedaling to go tomorrow oh wait nope too much sex sorry um but they also should have a better review system that's why they had to kill green light um but there's a lot of weirdness about sex in general. I mean, look at the fact that Robert Yang's games can't be streamed on Twitch. Right. Um, and these are, are culturally significant games because he's talking about sex in a specific way, especially about queer sex. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are making money and, and still playing this game. It's just that it's not on Steam because uh, reading to the comments, a lot of people are like, oh, his First Amendment rights were, were violated. It's like, dude, your game was just pulled on Steam. It's <laughs> yeah, not... You're not going to jail. <laughs> right, you're not going to jail. <laughs> people can still buy the game. I'm sure you can buy it on GOG and other places. It's just, for whatever reason, Steam didn't do their diligence in saying, yeah, this is too explicit for us to sell, but hey, go sell it elsewhere. Because there were other places you could get it, and I'm sure there's other places you can still get it. It's just they've lost that that power to have it on steam and so that may hurt sales it may hurt something else but if there's appropriate warnings i mean granted it doesn't like a game i'd play but you know if if somebody says hey by the way there's this game where you can be an asshole or you can go get whip your dick out whenever you want i've been warned and i still buy the game that's on me so it, it just seems like there's a lot of What's the weird line for sex? Because like with The Witcher 3, there's so much sex in there. Like you, you just get real close to seeing Geralt naked, but you, but there's plenty of TNA in the game and no one is stopping that. And that's from a AAA studio. Right. So I, I think it's very, the, the conversation around sex in games is very abysmal. And unless it's for male gaze and very male gazy and, and for that, a lot of times people don't even want to have the discussion. Because when are, mm. when are things done for female gays? When are things done for queer gays that are not immediately right. censored? Yeah, in, in games, I can't really think, I can't really think right. of any that I can think of, at least. Um, see, what's, what's, what's your thoughts on, on this thing? Well, it, you know, it goes back to this, this existential, uh, like, age-old conversation about what video games are. And I, I think that... Uh, even though we spend a lot of time uh, 
talking about how the medium and how the industry and how the genre has matured uh, with all of the, the, you know, the breadth of, of, of games that we have and, and how they can uh, evoke many different emotions out of, out of people that ultimately we're, it's still, there is still this connotation that video games are for children. And, um, and, and the thing like movies, the thing for that's okay in America, especially is it's okay if you murder a million people, as long as you don't show a titty. And, and and in fact, I'll, 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 I'll pull it back a little and say, as long as you don't show a nipple, because you can show everything and even most areola and you just can't show the nipple and you're, you're, you're okay on, on, you know, broadcast TV, even cable TV and, and in movies and still get a PG 13 rating, even if your movie is ultraviolet. Um, but, but, you know, if you have like graphic depictions of sex, uh, you go beyond the R to the NC 17, uh, rating. And it's, you know, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. And on top of that, with with a program like Steam, where you know, I mean, the the AO rating is the kiss of death, right? So the AO rating in games is the kiss of death. But what I don't understand is for Steam, where you've got everyone's personal information, you've got credit card information, uh, you've got uh, all the all the uh, all the data that you that you need about a particular person, um, so you know essentially how old they are, you know what's going on, you you know you got all that demographic information. Why can't you sell an AO game, you know, and leave it up to the consumer to make sure that they police their household with these games? Yeah, uh, and and it's interesting because Steam already does do a check for for some games that like say you know like what like enter your birth date you know like like on right. websites and stuff. right so they do that for those kind of like I guess games that would have the um, I forgot the ESRB rating for super violent games or whatever but like well, if they yeah if AOs. if they meet that then they have that but when it comes to like sexual games it's almost like a whole different thing that they right. don't want to get involved with that. Right. Like I remember when Grand Theft Auto San Andreas had the right. whole hot coffee right. thing and they switched the rating to like AO right. and every retailer pulled it from the shelves. Right. Right. You they had to saying? pull it from the shelves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's almost like, you know, it, it really is a kiss of death. Now I, I wanted to read something straight from the dev and I, I and like, I'm going to link this in the show notes. Cause I think that this applies directly to what you were saying. See about the uh, violence part. So the dev says, part of the reason I chose to write this game is because I didn't want to do another tired old game about killing, violence, and gore, though I suspect if I had written a game about that, nobody would have a problem with it because it seems as if it's much more socially acceptable to engage in fantasy of killing another person in every perversion imaginable than it is to fantasize about having sex with another person. This hypocrisy is even more bothersome when you realize that my game is in the context of comedy and most games revolving around killing take themselves much more seriously. Absolutely. I don't have anything against violent or gory games, and I believe that they have the same right to exist as my game, but it's not my thing, and I feel like it's tired and overdone. I decided that instead of be, of being gr- gratuitous with violence, I would be 
gratuitous with sex and nudity because I thought more games like that should exist. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just I mean, well, think about I mean, it's 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 the United States. It's the United States of America. We're a uh, 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 we're puritanical cowboys. I mean, it's, it's 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 really it's really just that simple. You can buy a firearm in any of the 50 states. Now, there are certain places within those 50 states that you uh, that, you know, where you can't uh, New York City being one of them. And, and and, you know, Chicago's city limits, if you're black, you, you know, is another one of them. Um, but you within those states, you can buy firearms and, you know, and almost any type of firearm that you want. But uh, in women don't have control of their bodies in all 50 states. There are plenty of states within the union where. If you want to make a a uh, a decision about your body that that has to do with your own reproductive rights, there are states where not only can you not do it, but if you're found out to be doing it, you'll go to jail. And or uh, so, right. well, and or you know, if you're married or something like that, and even if you've made this decision together, they still want proof from your spouse, your partner. Right. Or, right. you know, they're um, so for those listening, you know, I'm I'm of a certain age. Like, look, babies ain't happening. That's just not it. But mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends who had the same procedure I did. And they were told if they were married, they had to get their husband's permission. Wow. And it's just like uh, I'm a grown ass yeah. woman who is married right. and it was a joint right. decision. But I'm the one that has to go through the procedure. But they actually would want permission from right. the wow. spouse. Right. That is nice. Right. Right. But but it is it is part and parcel with the moral foundation that is America, as fucked up as it sounds, as fucked up as it is. And and this video game is is the living embodiment of the of the like just the the uh I don't know, ineptitude. I don't even know what the what the right word is, but to just the 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 bias, the you know, this righteous indignation, this moral bias that we hold and we harbor as Americans. Um, and and it is it's it's really terrible, especially when there are like you like you said, Reef, there are these checks and balances in place within within the publishing mechanism on Steam to make sure that the consumer is of the appropriate age to receive the receive the media. So, you know, why can't I consume this media? If I can if I can kill thousands and thousands, if I can be Nathan Drake and kill a small town's worth of people through a 10-hour adventure, why can't I laugh and have sex with that half as many because even if you like if you had sex with 5,000 people in a video game people would say that is ridiculous like how could you even do that when would that even be fun but you know I mean the fact that there if you have sex with you know 20 people uh, and you're not Kratos or uh, Geralt you know it's it's crazy that, yeah, it's ridiculous it, it it just makes me think about like 
you know, probably one, one of the most, if not the most popular show right now is Game of Thrones and has right. been for many years. Right. That is a super violent show, super right. sexual show right. that also has a lot of triggering stuff in it. I wonder if something like that could ever be released as a game and if it would ever, because that to me would be an AO game. I mean, there are some it... episodes of Game of Thrones that are super heavy on like sexual assault and, and just all kind of stuff. And I'm sure HBO gets tons of complaints about it every year. Right, but yeah, they but also they, get the money rolling in, and they right. just ignore them. But it's yeah, also cable. I wonder, you have to pay for HBO right. and to opt in to watch it. And with the game, though, again, if somebody's warned or if somebody's like, oh, I love Game of Thrones, and I see, let's say, Telltale options it, which actually they did. Um, but let's say they try to make it yeah. true to the show. Right. And you've been watching the show forever. I don't even know how long the show's been on at this point. I, I forgot I had HBO. Mm-hmm. Seven seasons. Six. This is seven seasons, yeah. So there's seven years worth of content. If they want to option it into it, more of an RPG game or whatever they do, you knew what you watched for seven years. Right. Nobody should be surprised if they make that into a game. And if there's all the warnings and people still are mad about it, you had to spend the money. You watch Game of Thrones. You knew what it was before you bought it. They So the Game of Thrones game would definitely be published as an M-rated game. Um, And here's why. Because you won't have... There won't be the brothel minigame. And and if they put sex in it, it won't be graphic simulated sex in the same way that you see it on the show. Um, Yeah. And and so, yeah, I like they would definitely it would definitely get made. And that's you know, and that's part of the thing is like you can have sex in your game as long as you kill some motherfuckers, too. Right. So like if you if you like. Right. It is. It is awful, but it's true. It's true. So like, I mean, you go back to you go back to GTA, uh, GTA San Andreas, hot coffee, hot coffee, like everything else was fine with that game. You could smoke weed, you could kill cops, you could do whatever you wanted. But because these polygonal characters were uh, literally bumping uglies, because it looked like if you've ever seen what uh, (laughs) the hot coffee mod, what it looks like, I think CJ is still wearing his clothes and he's just thrusting upon a naked polygon. And it's the most ridiculous, the most ridiculous thing that that you've ever seen. Um, you know, in, in GTA five, in all its glory, you can, you know, have sex with hookers and they can make simulated sex, sex noises. And then as soon as they're done, you can kill them. And that makes, that's what makes it okay. But you can't have a game where you just have, like, you just run around and have, uh, sex positive things happen. And like, that's. That's the 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 uh, the driving force of the game that that is, you know, your goal in the game is to just have a good time and have some sex positive moments. The thing the question that I wonder is whether or not and by all rights, they were the worst games that Sierra published. I wonder if a leisure suit Larry could be published today. Probably not. I don't think so. Because cause it's, it's like what you said, see, like games are still ultimately seen for kids and they fall under a different, 
a different uh, thing. I don't think games were seen as kids back when PC like Leisure Suit Larry games were out. It was right, like well, PC games old nerds were not, that right. were messing around with their computers that were right. playing games. You know, at that point, like before sort of the Nintendo era and stuff like that. So right, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's just weird because I do think that yeah, like the difference in medium, like video games still has a long way to go. I feel like to be oh, it totally does, but taken yeah. seriously. But have either of you played uh, Christine Love's game about BDSM, and that's on Steam? I have not played it, but I did read about how Steam sort of uh, that this game is an example of sort of the inconsistency that Steam has had with games with sexual content that some get through, some don't get through. And there's never like a clear document that they're like referring to that says this is why we're rejecting this. You know, it's it's all about it's all about popularity and who complains. So if a game isn't terribly popular where someone is going to, uh, you know, someone is going to see it and, and object to it, then if Steam's not getting any complaints or Valve's not getting any complaints about it, then they're less likely to scrutinize it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's, you know, clearly what happened here is that people were complaining and that's and, you know, and that's when they went back and they looked at it and it was like, you know do we want to be on Fox news or Breitbart or, you know, any of the other places where, uh, uh, you know, Neanderthalic, uh, thinking happens and, uh, you know, this puritanical bullshit that we live with, um, you know, do we want to be in those places and be publicized for, you know, to have, you know, just to keep this game on our, on our docket. So, yeah, I mean it's just it's just dumb, um, and it's it's pretty childish. And uh, speaking of of childish games, uh, a game that that is very popular, um, but also seems to uh, ring to the lowest common denominator and bring out the trolls and and the children is the Call of Duty series. Um, but some really interesting things have happened uh, within the Call of Duty community recently. Um, there was a, a shoutcaster who was kink shamed, uh, almost to the point where they had to leave, and then they oh. didn't. And now they're turning everything on its head. Uh, Reef, I'll let you, yeah, uh, fill in the blanks. So they actually did leave. So yeah. like Jack okay. Campbell is the name of the commentator. Um, some video got out that exposed that he had like a foot fetish. Right. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of, you know, people making fun of him and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so he felt like he was being bullied and he sort of left the esports arena. Um, and he said, you know, like this is, you know, he, you know, his, his quote is like, he, he said at that time he gave like a goodbye kind of video and said, this is now affected my personal life, my family and me personally It's too much for me now. And it's to the point of bullying. Um, so in that, that was about a a month ago. Um, so he got a bunch of positive kind of like out outpouring after he left people saying that like he shouldn't leave and that, uh, all that kind of stuff. So basically he decided to like uh, return he reached out to this international anti-bullying charity called ditch the label. And he's basically going to do 
a 24-hour Call of Duty live stream um, where he's raising money for this anti-bullying kind of charity, right? Um, and there's kind of been, you know, some people agree with it, some people don't. I've read that, like, some people think he's, like, you know, taking advantage of this situation. Like, so, some people think that he, like, you know, leaked this stuff himself to kind of set this <laughs> thing up in some conspiracy <laughs> thing. Um, and there's some people that, you know, like, they question, you know, is it really... Is it bu- is it bullying? I guess n- not to play a Prussian Olympics, but you know, is it bullying when it comes to w- when we think about you know sort of how other people have been sort of bullied on the internet for a lack of different things? Um, so I'll start with C this time. Uh, what wh- what do you think about uh, this uh, story and sort of like bullying and gaming in general? Um, you know, look, it, it's. Man, listen, it's it's so tough, right? Because the everyone's everyone's journey is their own journey and everyone's pain is their own pain. And so, you know, a thing that may not necessarily be painful for you could be the worst and most emotionally damaging experience for another person. Um, And so, you know, I'm not here to belittle anyone's uh, pain. but it is it is one of those things where like here's a guy with a foot fetish and of you know of kinks that you know of sexual kinks that people will have foot fetishes are one of the most a common and and you know benign of of sexual kinks out there so i mean the fact that that people were bullying him about that probably makes sense for the call of duty community because again like we said it is kind of you know looked at as to be one of the more childish communities out there uh if you if you if you want to be called the n-word um the the within 10 minutes the safest way to do it or the quickest way to do it would be to play a round of uh call of duty um and be on the mic so um you know, so I mean, it, it stands to reason that that's where people would go and do that. Um, but I, you know, I will say kudos to him for, and kudos to the community. You know, the, the people within the community that came to his aid and and said, you know, look, this is bullshit. Um, some people outed their own sexual kinks uh, in in solidarity, um, and to go and and create an anti anti bullying campaign I think is a good thing um I don't necessarily think that it blurs the lines between bullying as as people know it um today versus you know what happened to him uh I you know I think that if anybody is going to pick a thing about you and and tease you to cause you harm uh, emotional harm, then that's bullying, irrespective of what the topic is, what the thing is um, that that they choose to use as as the vehicle of their bullying. I think it's still bullying. So, uh, Tanya, what do you what do you think? You think I'm full of shit? I don't think you're full of shit. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. wow. See, so just throw me under right under the bus. Thanks. I'm gonna get that opposing viewpoint out of you by starting some shit. Okay, then. There you go. Um, I'm torn because I am most people, you know, in high school and now on the internet because, you know, I'm I'm a mouthy brown chick on the internet. 
Right. And I have been bullied. I've had people like try to, well, that have sent me messages on my personal Facebook and Twitter and everything else. I've got a six digit block list. So <laughs> six digits, that's just one, one block list out of three. Um, so on the one hand, I feel bad for this dude because, you know, whatever he's doing, cause he's, he's young. He just turned 21 according to the article. Right. But on the other, I'm like, this of all the things that somebody could pick on you about, I don't know. I just, for me, the bullying, when I hear bullying, I think of a very specific thing. Right. Um, but I was saying, listening to you, Cicero, and, you know, on the one hand, it's kind of like, this is bullshit that somebody's picking on this kid for this thing. Because, you know, for whatever reason, Harvard got exposed is bullshit that he's getting picked on for it. But Call of Duty right. is a community that burned me out on pickup groups, on a lot of online gaming early back in, you know, Xbox 360 days. And I feel for him, but I'm just, I'm stuck on, did he have to reach out to an international charity about this? That's kind of where I'm Hmm. at. But, you know, maybe it'll get people to pay attention. Maybe COD can stop being such a fucking trash fire. Uh, (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) I said maybe, maybe. (laughs) I have very little hope this could ever happen. Um, there's a reason yeah, I, mean, I don't touch those games. Yeah, you know, I really feel what you're saying, Tanya. I, I, I do. It, it, you know, it, 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 it's hard to admit for me, but I do kind of think, come on, and <laughs> and that sucks. And that sucks because different people are, you know, like there's, like C said, there's a wide spectrum. Just because I'm not bullied on something doesn't mean that someone else can't. But right. you know, being, you know black person online um <laughs> tanya having way more intersections than like either of us do right and seeing what people go through every damn day just existing like right. you know what i'm saying like not even doing anything controversial right like right. it is sometimes like you're kind of like what the fuck like you know what i'm saying oh, like, right. it's that and it's just like um I, I had a media interview today actually and we were talking about this kind of stuff and it was harassment in the workplace but we also talked about other stuff and, like, for me, I have had actually worse harassment talking about games than I've had about race, feminism, being female, being cisgender female, having had an abortion. I have had worse bullshit over a non-controversial, non-opinion about games than anything else. So it's like we can't have a nuanced conversation at this point. And the folks that get all worked up over how dare you bring up race, how dare you bring up feminism, fill in the blank. You know, these are the kind of people that are going to shame somebody over a fetish. It's like of all the of all the bland fetishes you could have, foot fetishes low <laughs> on the list. So you know, let the dude have his foot fetish, leave him alone. It does if it doesn't affect his casting, and you know, whoever like outed him as, as that's his kink. You know, you should be ashamed of yourself. You shouldn't out people in any sense. But you know, again, I'm just kind of like. On the scale of bullying, this to me, this ranks very low. And right. I don't know yeah. to what scale he got harassed, but if it's the COD community, I can imagine how bad it got. Yeah. So Yeah, and, and, and it's um interesting that you bring up the person that leaked it because the woman that like did leak it, she apparently got harassed from his supporters. 
and she had to end up like deleting her social media and all that kind of stuff. So, well, like, well sis, what, hold on, hold on. Cicero's laughing. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's funny. Well, it's no, funny. I'm, I mean, but, I'm laughing at the at, at the horrendous I mean, some, atrocity. Some, you know, uh, Shelton. What's that word? Shot and fraud. Shot and fraud. Yeah, Schadenfreude. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's which I that's... only learned from Avenue Q. That's the only <laughs> the theater is good for learning. It, um, is, it is good for learning. But 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 yeah, and you know when when uh, Campbell came back, he kind of said like, yeah, like you shouldn't fight fire with fire. I don't like my supporters that harassed her, you know, and like that kind of stuff. And that she did end up apologizing to him for leaking it, I guess, once all this stuff kind of happened. So it's kind of just this whole just thing. Like, just if everybody would just stop being dicks, like, you could just avoid all well, this and stuff. Well, also just not, you know, we. but it circles back to our first conversation about sex and, and the conversation. It's like, dude, of all the shit you could do, that's a kink. This is low, low on the list. Right. But it's like, you know, whatever the woman's motivation was, it was shitty and, you know, she deleted her social media because you do things like this, there's repercussions. And I, you know, this is going to be petty, but this is me. Y'all should know this by now. I wish dudes who did the same shit to women would get that same kind of backlash. Cause had, Absolutely. Because if Absolutely. a dude had done this to a female caster or a female streamer, he'd be getting congratulated. This motherfucker would be getting all kind of deals. He would get all sorts of accolades and, and pats on the back from buddies. And yet the woman, for whatever her motivation was, she's now off Twitter and granted she apologized, but why the fuck would you do this on either, on either side of it? You know, whoever hurt you, revenge porn, whatever you're doing is not worth it. Right. Yeah. And, and to be clear, um, why I was laughing was at how absurd it was that the people, you know, in, in, in one breath, someone saying it's fucked up that you're bullying this guy. Stop bullying him, and they turn around and you know, in the same breath, bully the person who was responsible for outing him. Um, so you know, I mean, it's it's just it's ridiculous on both sides, and I hate the to play the on both sides uh, game. Don't do it. Right, right. It's it's just <laughs> dumb. It's dumb. Um, but uh, but you know, nonetheless. Uh, it, it is it's it's absolutely like, you know, how hypocritical can you be to sit back and and bully bully the person who's being bullied uh, or bully the person, the the perpetrator of the bullying to protect the person who's being the victim of the bullying? Um, it just like yeah. none of that. None of that shit makes any sense. I'm confusing myself right now. My, and now it's a I've mess. Got a headache. It is. It is a mess. It's a mess. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, we want to know, obviously, um, what, what you guys out in Chicago think about um, where the bullying is uh, with with regards to this and and whether you think uh, this really does fall under the category of bullying. Um, you know, so obviously let us know on our social media channels and or our uh, email, you know, you know how to reach us. And if you don't, we'll tell you at the end of the show. So stay tuned. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, let's talk about something that is near and dear to our hearts and our locations. Um, and that is Pokemon Go. Uh, Pokemon Go is not near and dear to my heart. 
maybe it's near and dear to Reef's heart, but Chicago is near and dear to our hearts and locations. Uh, two of us happen to be in that area. A third of us happens to be close enough that uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, there was a Pokemon Go uh, celebration that, as you know, as Nintendo is wont to do, they take two steps forward and seventeen steps back. And Pokemon Go was the perpetrator this time. Reef. Take us home, baby. Okay, so first of all, not a Nintendo thing. This is Niantic. Yes, yeah, Niantic. Uh, okay, fine. So like Nintendo fine. doesn't, they they just get the checks from Pokemon right. Go. They didn't. They, they, they really do anything with it. Um, yeah. So like Pokemon Go has been out for about a year. Um, so they had this huge celebration in Grant Park in uh, Chicago, where like they said, "Hey, get over here. Like we'll have some exclusive stuff. We'll have our CEO. We'll have." Food trucks, you know, like you can get some uh, Garrus popcorn, like I was talking about last time. You, you, you can like get your like uh, your interesting Chicago hot dogs, which I still think are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Pokemon Go is a game that depends on your phone, right? Like you like you break out your phone, it uses your GPS, and you look for Pokemon, and you catch them, and you battle with other people, all that stuff. Somehow, uh, Niantic did not realize that when you put together thousands of people in a small space, it's going to overload the cell towers. So as soon as people got (laughs) to this place, and not only, I think people had to pay to get in here, they, you know, people flew in from all over the world. So people bought tickets, they got hotels and all that stuff. And people could not play this game during this entire thing. Like, Like, not only could they not play it well, I mean, the servers crashed. They couldn't log on. Um, apparently, while the Niantic CEO was speaking, people were booing and yelling, like, fix the game and fix the servers, while, while the CEO was actually, like, welcoming them to Chicago <laughs> to uh, celebrate this. Um, so they end up, they, like, gave out all these refunds and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, p- people were c- kind of waiting for, you know, what is what is going to be their official like response. So the Niantic CEO, John, like a hanky, he wrote, you know, a uh, big like blog post. And he basically said, you know, we just didn't expect the cell towers to crash. I mean, we just, (laughs) we, we just didn't know that. And we severely apologize, um, you know, and like, we'll promise to do better next time and all that kind of stuff. So it was just a, just completely just, cluster of non-preparation of like them thinking about a good idea because because of course it sounds cool to get with all your friends at all like the same game you know and like get together it sounds great but you got to think about infrastructure and all this kind of stuff when you're planning these huge events i mean like obviously a really big example is that stupid like fire festival with Ja Rule and, and all those people when they were like stranded on some random island. Um, you know, I mean, so it just makes me think about just how, you know, people plan these things and, and, you know, these large companies with tons of money, tons of people that they pay lots of money to think about these kind of things. And they just throw them by the wayside. Like it makes me think about how literally every game launches well, m- most games launch and the servers crash like the first day. Right, and they're right. like, oh, my God, we had no idea that everyone would try to log on when we opened up the servers. Like, it's just so ridiculous, like how I feel like companies continue to be underprepared 
and like and like this isn't just a gaming thing because lord knows i've seen it in it um and in other industries that i've worked in um but i think you know since it's a gaming show you know from a gaming perspective it's something that i repeatedly see so definitely boo to niantic um for this like bs excuse that makes it seem like that it was just some act of god that happened or something like that <laughs> and just you know happened to overload all the cell towers um yeah so it it just frustrates me you know um so um i don't know if like you guys are big pokemon go people but even if you're not is it something that you've noticed in gaming where companies tend to be sort of under underprepared for big events um with things that they should have thought about um you know in the in the preparation stages and we'll start with uh well, see, he kind of looks like he's in mid-speech. I thought he was going to start drooling or something. Right. <laughs> if you only knew what was going on over here. So, uh, yeah, so as a, as a person who works in uh, corporate America for a uh, Fortune, I'll just say 500 company to keep things, uh, keep things kosher, but... but, uh, but uh, as a person that works with these companies and and uh, works with teams that roll out lots of different things, the the thing that I understand, and especially as you know, it, it really happens in gaming a lot, is that a lot of these timelines, um, a lot of the the decisions that are made that are outward facing, are marketing decisions, and the problem with those marketing decisions is that when they're in the, the conference room brainstorming these decisions, they don't include people with enough technical expertise to bring up issues like, Hey, if we have this game that is completely reliant on cell phone reception in order for it to uh, work properly, what do you think we're going to have if we bring hundreds and or thousands of people into the same area at the same time to play this game over the cellular tower? Like, how is that, you know, logistically, how how will that affect our game, um, you know, or uh, affect the experience? So obviously no one had that conversation. Um, and that's either um, a failing of the of Niantic's um, planning group because it was too many marketers and not enough technical people or a, a failing of their technical people because they weren't savvy enough to forecast this this thing happening. Um, you know, again, this is Pokemon Go uh, and its popularity is not a surprise. Uh, I mean, it it took the entire country by storm last year when it when it released there are people from you know all walks of life uh all different age groups running around playing the game it was it literally was the what's up or where's the beef of (laughs) (laughs) um you know dating yourself yeah hey man you know that's what i do um uh, you know of of the summer of 2016 and you know they've got demographic information they've got the data they've got all the analytics to know how many pe- uh, active players they still have on this game so you've got to imagine that if you're having something 
that's centrally located. And, they, you know, not only do they have the analytics on how many people are playing the game, they have the analytics on how many people are playing the games in, you know, whatever geographic region uh, they, they happen to be. So they, you know, so they plan Chicago for a reason. And, and they knew how many players that they had basically in that in that area. So you have to assume that in whatever people they have in that region, you have to assume 100 percent of those people are coming, even if 100 percent of those people aren't coming. And then you also have to assume that you're going to have another double digit percentage points of people that weren't necessarily active users uh, at that moment that were either in the area or close enough that would want to just be there um, right. and be around that type of stuff. So, the, I mean, that's the type of stuff that you have to plan for when you, you, you've got to forecast for that kind of stuff when you're building out your architecture for whatever it is, whether it's Pokemon Go in this particular instance or it's, you know, the next big hot online, you know, online only or multiplayer online multiplayer focus a video game where you have to forecast for your servers and all that other stuff. Um, you know, those types of decisions, when you're making decisions for this stuff, you need those technical people that are going to ask the tough questions and are going to stand there and say, no, we can't do this unless we do X. And, and you know, and those people have to be listened to. Yeah. Or, or it's like, you don't even need technical people. Like, have you ever been to a conference Right. Where everybody's phone service is crappy right. because everybody's in a small conference center and you know, right. and all that right. stuff. So right, um, yeah. So uh, to tie any any thoughts on uh, companies being underprepared? Um, it, I was just thinking about the Street Fighter Five launch. Oh my! And God. the Tekken yeah, Seven that was launch. Awful. Uh, right. Oh, was Tekken Seven bad too? I don't. Yeah, matchmaking was terrible. You could not stay in a match, keep a match, really start a match. Um, tournaments were really, really jacked up and it took like one or two patches to fix it. Um, but I mean, even now when I hop off street fighter five, it can be super laggy. It can be hard to get matches, but that launch, you know, for a game that is dependent on online co-op, especially with crossplay for street fighter five, that, that opening week was kind of trash. Yeah. I mean, and, and it wasn't only the network and stuff, because if I remember they left out the whole Capcom Fighters Network. I don't even think yep. that launched until like a couple of weeks, and then they left out like an entire single player, which didn't launch for like months. There was, I mean, it was like it was no single it was literally player, like a piecemeal game. It was no single yeah. player. The store wasn't there. Um, That's right, the store wasn't there either. Oh my! God. And it was just like, <laughs> where's where's the rest of this game? Can I get some money back? Right. <laughs> I know, and like this is like when you think Capcom, you think Street Fighter. Right. right. I mean, obviously right. they have other great properties too, like, you know, the Mega Man's and all that kind of stuff. Right. But Street Fighter is their bread and butter. It's like, if you get anything right, get this right. Well, you know, and, and I know other people have said this, but they rushed it out for the competitive circuit. Yeah. And you know what? Dude, I'm not out here to try to compete with nobody. I'm not going to ever make money playing Street Fighter. Right. But, you know, that sounds, sounds, sounds like a marketing decision. Probably. Hmm. But, you know, hmm. that... How, realistically, how much money are they making on the competitive scene to, to rush a game out like in that state? It's all about the well in that state, yes. Um, but the thought is, see, and this is again, this is a disconnect, and, and we've had this conversation with lots and lots of devs that we've had on the show over the years. Um, 
there is there is a definitive disconnect between the marketer and and the technical person. You know, the marketer is the talker and the technical person, the you know, the devs, the 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 programmers, those are the doers. And the talkers will talk the doers into doing something into trying to create something that they literally don't have enough time to do. And, you know, but the belief is that if if, you know, from the marketing perspective, that if we if we just say that we can do it, they'll make it work because they do stuff. They know how to do it. You know, that's their job. They can figure it out and they can make it work. And, you know, and that's that's all they think about. And they don't think about that. It actually takes time to build all of those components and test them and make sure they work properly before you can push them out and say that they're ready for consumption. Um, and, you know, and marketing people don't think about that, that kind of stuff that it like it just doesn't even fit in their purview. Right. I mean, yeah. I worked so, in higher ed long enough to see that in action. Right. Right. <laughs> So uh, speaking of marketing, um, we love marketing people uh, and we are going to promote some people with our ad break. And uh, so we are going to uh, talk to them or we're going to let them talk to you. And uh, we'll be right back with episode 183 of the Spawn on Me podcast right after this. Hey, this is Kent, one of the founders at Neurogum. Growing up, my friends and I would drink liters of soda and energy drinks to get that edge while gaming, but it would just make us feel like crap in the end. So we set out to create something better. Neurogum is a cold compressed nootropic energy gum made to optimize your mind and body whenever and wherever. With nine pieces per pack at only 25 cents a piece, you get focus and energy five times faster without the side effects or bathroom breaks. On top of that, we offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to try it. Right now, we're offering Spawn On Me listeners 10% off their first order with code SPAWNONME at neurogum.com. That's N-E-U-R-O-G-U-M.com. Thanks, guys. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Macedonia of Radio B-Sats, both sides of the surface, and you are tuned in to Bracago's finest. Khalif Adams, Cicero Holmes, Sharif Jackson. This is the Spawn On Me podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Spawn Army Podcast, episode one eighty three. Uh, earlier, though, we was talking. Uh, we were talking about uh, Call of Duty and anti bullying within Call of Duty, and uh, incredibly puritanical bullshit on Valve and sex sex positive gaming and uh, Pokemon Go and marketers not understanding technical aspects of things. Um, and now we're going to go to actual Nintendo and talk about some positive things. So if we're going to talk positively about Nintendo, you know, it's not going to come from me. It's got to come from our very own Nintendo file. He is Sharif Jackson. Sharif, what, what's so great about, uh, Nintendo right now? So, uh, Splatoon 2 just came out um, in July 21st. Uh, on July 21st, not in July 21st. Um, in the date, it just popped out like a like an <laughs> advent, like the advent calendar. Yeah, it like exactly. <laughs> it, just, it just popped out. Um, it was a sequel to 
Platoon 1, which was definitely, you know, even though the Wii U sold very abysmally, it was one of their higher rated uh, games that not a lot of people got to play because hardly anybody owned a Wii U. Um, So Splatoon 2 was like very much a very refined version of the first one. There were a lot of worries that that Splatoon 2 wouldn't be different enough from Splatoon 1 to justify a full price purchase, but um, I'd like to say that I think that it is. Um, so like, let me start with the concept just in case people aren't familiar with it at all. Um, so it's a multiplayer shooter um, where the goal um, in the main game type, which is called Turf War, the goal is to essentially cover the area with paint. So like, so, so like you have a paint gun and you're a team of four versus another team of four with their paint guns. And while you can defeat other players, the goal and what determines if you win is really how much of the map that you have kind of covered. So it's instantly beneficial to folks that either might not be into shooters or aren't as good with the one-on-one tactics because I get, because like you can just focus on like a painting and not actually taking people down. Um, so um, Splatoon 2 really improves that because they include a lot of new game modes. Um, and they also, the controls are much, much improved, uh, mainly because the motion control on the Switch is way better than on the Wii U, and you don't have to worry about this big clunky gamepad that you're playing with. Um, so I've really enjoyed playing w- with the Joy-Cons and being able to use the motion control. Now, the motion control is optional. Like, you can just, like, play with the a- analog sticks, and it feels like a standard kind of, like, console kind of... Um, first-person shooter, but I like the motion control because it feels more like mouse and keyboard, meaning that I can, like, whip around in, like, a 180 or a 360, like, really fast. Um, And, you know, because I play a lot of my uh, games on the PC, I really appreciate that level of sensitivity. Um, I've also really enjoyed um, sort of, like, the gear in the game. Um, So, like, uh, similar to, like, other games with loot, like Destiny and The Division, like, you get drops, you pay to upgrade gear, you can roll attributes, you can, like, re-roll stuff, and, like, you get all kind of buffs and, like, uh, debuffs to, like, uh, help either, like, decrease the amount of ink that your gun uses or the amount of time it takes to, like, respawn, all kinds of, like, different things, and, like, uh, you you can mix and match all these attributes and and, uh, things like that. Um, it's a game that really tries to go on sort of the corniness of it. Like there's all kind of things about, oh yeah, this is like fresh and this is cool and all that kind of stuff. So it kind (laughs) of has this really zany like feeling that you're really in this kind of world of cool squids that all wear like Nike high tops and like weird hats and like that kind of stuff. So they, so like for like a new IP, well, well it was, this is the second the uh, second game in a new IP. Um, They really did create a whole, like an entire world and sort of like the world building in the game is like pretty impressive. Like considering that, you know, it's not sort of a, you know, big narrative based kind of single player game, even though it does have a single player component, you know, the um, real focus is, is it is the multiplayer. Um, The matchmaking is great. Getting into a match is like really, really fast. Um, Matches are only like a few minutes. So it's really, a, a great game to like to like jump in and to jump out and it's also good when you're using the switch in like a portable mode if you're not um near a like wi-fi hotspot because like, you can test all of the weapons in like a offline mode and you can play through like the single player campaign as as well 
Um, probably the biggest deterrent to the game that like I found, you know, goes on to what we talked about um, last episode with like Nintendo's really, really bad um, online app. Um, if you're trying to play with friends, if you just want to play with them and not chat, that's pretty fine. Like you can go in the game, you can you can search for friends, you can join up on like any friend that is like uh, playing. But if you do want to do voice chat, you do have to go through that app, which I'm not going to rehash <laughs> all the stuff that we talked about last week. But it is a hassle that um, unless you're really dedicated to like doing that, it's just you know it's just a real hassle um, to. to to um do um but the good news is that because splatoon was originally designed for the wii u which you know didn't really have good voice chat either the game is really you know sort of the language of the game is designed that you can communicate objectives and like do stuff without the need for voice chat so i think that it's still a very enjoyable kind of multiplayer experience you know and that in in like you, you you can still play in like sort of a team-based mode um you know without um you know like it's it's not voice chat always enhances any game right but i don't think it says like you know like live or die as 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 like sort of doing like a you know like a co-op mode in ghost recon or destiny right, or right. the division or like one of these other games um, I think, you know, my favorite part of it is sort of the one of the newer modes is this horde mode called like Salmon Run. Um, you know, basically, you, you know, it's just a four player kind of like horde mode, different waves of like enemies come super, super fun. Um, you know, even that mode, I found that without the voice chat, it works pretty well. But with the voice chat, it's supremely awesome. Um, but like then again, you know, you have to deal with all the app stuff, which sucks. Um, so, so yeah, I've really been enjoying it. Um, I think even if you played a lot of Splatoon 1, I think it is worth like the 60 bucks to go into the sequel. It definitely ended up being more of a true sequel than I thought it would be. Um, cause I literally thought it would just be sort of a couple of tweaks to the first one. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you have a switch, I think it's pro- pretty much a must buy. If you don't have one, I wouldn't quite say this is the game to buy one for, I, you know, I'm still going to hold to my thing that, you know, if you're sort of on the fence about the Switch, it, you know, I still think most people are going to wait until that sort of holiday time with Mario Odyssey and that kind of stuff, um, you know, to uh, jump in. So I don't necessarily think this is the game to jump over if you already haven't made up your mind about the uh, system. But it's a really fun game, really well done. It's like reviewing well. Um, you know, um, I think I read that in Japan, it sold something like, you know, about 400,000 copies in three days, which is nuts. Um, so like the attach rate is like pretty, pretty high. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like a cool game and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So, um, splat on squids. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, is there local multiplayer? Yeah, yeah. So um, there's like a land play where like either like other people can bring their like switches over and like you can have sort of a, like a connected game or like two people can like play on this on the same switch as well. Okay, so split screen. Now, can you can you play with one Joy-Con? So can you do split screen with just having one controller? You know, I actually haven't tried that because, like, I have a pro controller. Right. Um, so I've done that plus another person using the Joy-Cons. Right. Um, 
You should be able to because there's not really a, not a, a lot of buttons that you need in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have an experience. I, I have an experience only using it with one Joy-Con. Now, uh, I guess another question I have about this game, or at least about your enjoyment of the game, is uh, do you think that Nintendo has a new franchise on their hands? Do you do you expect there to be um, continuing itera- iterations of Splatoon every three or four years? We're gonna get we're gonna get a new Splatoon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, the first one sold really well, even despite the small install base. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has only been out for a few days and it's selling well. So I absolutely um, think that both this and like uh, ARMS as well, which are, you know, two new really? franchises for Nintendo, are both selling really, re- really well. I think a lot of it is due to, you know, um, you know, due to sort of structural changes at Nintendo in the last few years after Iwata passed away they really have had some of the younger um younger employees i think in more strategic kind of places which is where we see in like nintendo being a little less conservative on things right. um so i think that these like n- new ips you know they're actually taking chances and risking you know stuff because you know these these games could have failed you know i mean right. they, they could have put all these r&d into games that failed um so yeah, I definitely think that you can definitely. I think that even with the Switch, when like people were talking about Splatoon two, even before it came out, I constantly saw it on those lists as sort of like you know games look out for up there with the Zeldas and Mario's and sort of the games that you would expect from like from like Nintendo. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I I think that they've like successfully um, you know like developed t- two pretty new IPs in the last few years. My hope is that they continue to uh, do that. Um, you know, because, you know, they they need these kind of games to be in between, you know, the four or five years it takes to deliver a proper Zelda title, a proper Mario title, a proper Metroid title and that kind of stuff. So I, so I think that they're really working to fill the gap and make sure they have a consistent um, group of, of uh, first party games uh, out. So Yeah. So have you played uh, Plants vs. Zombies? Yes. So where would you, I mean, how would you compare this to Plants vs. Zombies in terms of uh, quality and, uh, you know, fun factor? Uh, okay. You know, so I'm assuming you're, you're talking about the time. Garden Warfare. Like the garden, gar- yes, shooter, I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, yes. Plants vs. Um, Zombies, gar- Garden Warfare. That, now, yeah. I haven't played Garden Warfare 2. I've only played the okay. first one. Okay. Um, so I can only compare it to the first one. Garden Warfare um, 2 is in the vault, by the way, for... Uh, Oh, it is origin okay. origin access and EA access. So. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I might check it out then because I did subscribe to the vault to get Andromeda early. Um. I like Garden Warfare One. I do think, from my perspective, it seemed to be a little ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like it tried to deliver on too many things at once. Like it kind of tried to be every kind of shooter. I felt like. Right. Like they were like, I felt a little overwhelmed when I was playing it by sort of like the weapon choices and the classes and the objectives. Um, I think that where Splatoon like succeeds is it's pretty straightforward, but it does it really well. So it's really mm-hmm. easy to jump into. Okay. Um, I feel like Gar and Warfare, I would have probably enjoyed it if I stuck with it a little more, but I didn't really have the desire to. Right. Whereas Splatoon, you kind of know 
pretty quickly if it's your kind of game or not. And it's not everybody's kind of game. You know, I know plenty of people that don't like it. Um, but I think that it does a, a, a good job within, you know, five or ten minutes say this is what the game is. Either you like it or you don't, kind of. Whereas I feel like Gar and Warfare is like a more like, you know, you got to play it for a bit to really right. get a grasp on, yeah. on what it's doing. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of getting a grasp on what people are doing, Ty has been playing a game that uh does it involve squids yeah <laughs> i don't know tanya does it involve squids <laughs> no. there, there are no octopod octopi squid like things in this game no cephalopods huh no no cephalopods that i'm aware of okay uh, so, what, so what, what what is the what game? game is it so i've actually been playing dream daddy um for those listening that if that's not your jam it's one of the dating games it's a dating sim game you ever heard of like Hotful Boyfriends? I'm like that, except there are no human pigeon relations. These are all, <laughs> these are all humans. Shout out to Gita Jackson. Hey Gita. <laughs> um, so the the Cliff Notes synopsis of Dream Daddy is: You are a single dad, and you are widowed, either a widower who has lost his husband or his wife. Up to you when you are building your dad. And you've got a daughter. You always have the same daughter. They, there's no option to change that because it is a visual novel, so limited things. And you can say if your daughter was born to you and now deceased spouse or adopted. So you, you're moving. I guess you're moving because spouse has, has died recently. And you wind up in a cul-de-sac where all these other eligible dads are living. One is like your college buddy. One is like the, the hot dude with locks who runs the coffee shop. <laughs> Seriously, he's everyone's on. We're like, hello, how are you? Um, there's like preppy dude who literally has like his name is Joseph, his wife's name is Mary, their kids are named Chris, <laughs> Christian, and Chris. There's four kids, so like all on a Christ allegory. Um, <laughs> and he is the only currently married dad of the dads that are in the dating pool. There's like you know the gruff dude who's the drifter, has got like issues. And it, the whole thing is to, like, get your get your dream dad. And so you have a chance to meet everyone. Then you go on dad book. Yes, dad nice. book. dad book. Yes, dad book. Um, and then, um, you know, you, you get a chance to go on dates. The third date locks in whoever you're going to be with. Now, if you, you succeed or not, because there's a ranking system. It's A nice. through D and S rank. So anyone who's played Japanese games with that, that kind of right. ranking, you're used to S rank. Right. Um, so, you know, you go through, you can play up to seven the times. S, the S is for sex. <laughs> well, so here's an interesting <laughs> thing, though. So, so Gruff Dad, who's like, you know, the drifter, you meet him in the bar. If you get with him, you have a chance to have a one night stand immediately upon meeting him. He doesn't talk to you anymore. He no longer acknowledges you. He literally is like, okay, get the fuck out of my house the next day. Wow. Oh, wow. But right. if you don't do that and get to know him, you actually have a very nice romance. Oh, well, that's because he respects you. I, well, he, he's I, I, messed up. Like, he's got issues. <laughs> Dude's a whole encyclopedia. Yes. Yeah, so, so, like, how, how do these conversations go with the daddies? Like, does it kind of, do you actually, is it like the Sims where you kind of have basic conversations you become friends and then you date or is it kind of like 
like an option menu comes up like date or not date does it jump <laughs> right to that or is it kind of like a relationship building part so first? so no matter who you decide on dating you you get through the moving into the neighborhood meeting everyone you get a chance to kind of go around based on choices like you can go to the mall do whatever but then joseph the the pastor who's the only married one he throws a barbecue so it's a chance to still meet everyone so even if you kind of skip around and don't go to the coffee shop, don't go to the mall, don't go to the park, you still meet all the dads at some point. And then eventually you get on dad book and you can reach out to people. So I guess, you know, reaching out to people kind of makes a difference on if you interacted with them, didn't interact with them. You have more of a rapport with Craig, who's like your old college buddy, who's now divorced with three kids and living in the same cul-de-sac. All you, you have all managed to live in the same neighborhood somehow. <laughs> That's right. awesome. Um, so, you know, you kind of, as you build your, your dad book profile, what you put in there kind of, I think, has some bearing on how you react to other folks. Um, so, so far, I have romanced Robert, who is the dude who's like, if you hit it and quit, he's like, ne- never talks to you again. Um, but I have gone back and actually romanced him and got to know him. Uh, the goth dad, who, spoiler, for those that are listening and may plan on playing this, um, the goth dad is the trans character that you can date, but it is done okay. very well and very subtly. Oh, nice. You can That's also cool. have a binder bod, so you can have a trans character. I don't know if that interacts with, like, Damien, who is a goth dad, who is trans. If there's any dialogue, if you choose to make a, a trans character yourself, um, or how that interacts with other characters. Because it's actually very deep compared to what I expected. I have the game because a friend, hi, Caitlin, wanted to see my reaction to this game. Because, you know, like we talked about it, and she's like, I want to see your reaction. So this is why I have the game. But then, like, there's actually really good story. You get to know everyone's background. You get to know them. You get to know kind of like, are they a widower? Are they a divorcee? Um, kind of like, how do they wind up in this cul-de-sac? Um, but the only thing I'm, there's two things I'm not liking. A lot of the interactions, a lot of dates have to do around booze and, you know, weed. And I drink, right. you know, but especially with Robert, his whole story revolves around issues with alcohol and self-control. Um, and then one of the other dudes, like the, the hot coffee shop dude, like there's an option to smoke weed with him. It's kind of like, is this something that's needed? Because you don't know the age of people that are going to play it. It's not like there's actual sex that ever happens. You know, it's kind of alluded to. So it's not like an R-rated game or anything. But why do we have to have the social lubrication of, of booze and weed in most of the dating interactions? Mm-hmm. So that's like a thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And the other is just me not liking one particular dad. It's like the burly dude who's like the neighborhood dude who compares his house to yours and complains about your lawn not being as well maintained as his mm. and he's very competitive like his little mini game is actually pokemon daughter against daughter and a bragging <laughs> game and it just turned me off of it and so this time around because i decided i'm gonna go for the pastor see what happens um even just meeting him at the neighborhood barbecue he still brags on his house and talks down to you <laughs> no like seriously he's like oh because it's like where did oh we just moved in oh you mean that house that's like mine but smaller oh my god and i'm like dude really like i just he's met compensating. you compensating he's compensating he's overcompensating to the point yeah, where it's like i don't yeah. want to deal with this character 
Right. You know, but he's like the big burly, lovable one. And I'm kind of like, okay, you and your precocious ass daughter can go elsewhere. I don't want to talk to you. So that would be my only my only two kind of gripes with it. Um, there are a few glitches where like one playthrough I said that I'd had a wife and that we'd adopted the kid. But then when your your preppy neighbor comes by, he references your husband. Mm-hmm. So there's like a few like text swaps that didn't quite catch each other. So, oh, I, I think you basically just answered my first question, which was uh, the dialogue is a voice acted or is it text based? It is all text based. There is no act. There's like little barks here and there, kind of like when when things happen. So like your kid will have like the same kind of bark, like, hey, or things like that. But it's not fully voice acted. I've seen a lot of people okay. streaming it and doing VA for it, like kind of just right. going through it. It's a lot of text. That ain't going to happen when I stream it, y'all. <laughs> that's the expectation right right you, you've you've now set a bar they can um, have a bar just not right. here just, it's but it's very text heavy um because it is mm-hmm. one of these games and um if you try to do a full playthrough and voice act it unless you are used to that you probably stress stress your voice honestly okay right and what's your other question and my other question was, uh, how long is it? Because you've, you've talked about several playthroughs. Um, if you sit and play straight through it and kind of try to at least talk to everyone, go on at least maybe one date with each dad before you start making decisions, Right. I'd say anywhere from three to five hours. Okay. Because the first okay. time I played it, I played for about three hours and, you know, I was being very deliberate and kind of trying to do everything I could in that very first playthrough. Right. Uh, but there actually is a fast forward option. So, like, if you don't want to keep redoing all the initial stuff, you can just fast forward through that initial thing till you start deciding who you want to date in the game. Okay, so so I, I, I guess I didn't realize that there would be, like, an end to this game. There is so an three end. to five hours, there's, like, a conclusion to it? Um, so, no matter what you do, like, part of, part of the storyline is your kid is about to go to college. And, you know, it's the usual growing pains and, you know, like dealing with friendship and all the teenage friendship bullshit we all deal with. And so no matter who you wind up with and have that third date with, you throw her a surprise graduation party. And at the end of the graduation party, you either kind of cement the relationship, depending on your rank of the three dates. Or in the case of the first dude in a romance, he's like, "Uh, you're cool, but I just want to be friends. Yeah. So there is that option as well. Okay. You can get friend zone. Okay. Nah, friend zone doesn't exist. Ah, uh, okay. It does not. Okay. Friend zone is not a thing, Cicero. Friend zone is a myth. It is a myth. It is a myth. It is oh. a legend. Oh, okay. Don't make okay, that so face at me. The people at home cannot see me. See <laughs> us. See us. They, they can imagine. They've been listening to him for 180 episodes. They can imagine. Uh, okay. So is 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 it pop? So. So it's possible then to finish this game without being with anyone. Correct. So, um, so what's interesting is like Robert, the dude who has like the alcohol issues and the, I think he's supposed to be older than your character that you're playing because he mentions his daughter's like 25, 26. Mm -hmm. Um, and your kid's about to go to, about to go to college is that, um, again, spoilers. So even if you do everything right with Robert and talk to him, because his issue is he's estranged from his daughter, his wife died in an accident. And he copes with booze because he's always in the bar whenever you talk to him, even if you run across him while you're out with other people. Um, And you have a very kind of heartfelt conversation. You have a great night out. You have this heartfelt conversation. And he decides he's like, I have to get my shit together before I can be the person you deserve. 
right. which I did not expect in this game. I did yeah, not expect any kind of cool. deep yeah. kind of interaction. Um, and then with Damien, the goth dude, there's a lot of, I mean, and again, if I'm wrong and if anyone's listening to the episode who's trans and I'm, I'm misreading it, please feel free to correct me. But I feel like a lot of his issues with accepting him for who he is because the gothness is a persona. It is not who he mm-hmm. truly is. Okay. He's a big IT nerd, and he's like, I'm so boring, I thought you would never like the real me. Right. So there's a lot of oh. layers to this game that I so yeah. did not expect. Okay. I was about to say, it really sounds like it's kind of like health. I mean, except for maybe the cheating pastor kind of thing, kind of healthy relationship. <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know where the pastor thing is going to go, because I, I didn't even get through the first date with him, because I, I had to hop off and go take care of some business. But his wife is a drunk, and you meet his wife in the bar kind of early because you're like, okay, I'm done packing or unpacking for the day. I'm going to go get a drink. You find the bar. And she's there, and you see her first, and she's like, hey, buy me a drink. And you're like, excuse you, lady. (laughs) She's like already drunk. Like like, all of your interactions are either in a bar or she's at the barbecue that her husband throws. And she's like literally can't keep track of her kid because she's drunk. Like the fourth kid, the toddler that you never see. I don't think this child exists. Uh, like, did you lose this child? Emmanuel. Right? Um, uh, but what's funny, and again, this is speculation. I don't know if it's true. There's supposedly a secret ending about a secret cult. Oh. I don't know if it's true. I'm trying to figure out if it's actually there. Someone data mined it. And it's just there in place for future content. DLC. Right. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's been so much speculation. Like, I even saw. Downloadable cults. Um, <laughs> nice. No dad loadable cults. Oh, oh I see what you did there. That that's yeah, a that's a dad it. pun. That's a dad yes, pun yes. right there. there There's a go. title. There's a title. Right, a title. Right. Uh, a title. <laughs> titties and, and dad loadable dad pun. content. Yeah. <laughs> um so sounds awesome. Yeah, it does it does sound really awesome. I have one more question about the date. So you can get ranked on the dates. Mm-hmm. Can you do your own set of ranking? No. The game gives okay. you A through D and S rank. S rank okay. is probably what you want. Right. Now, ha- have you gotten any Ds? Um, I actually <laughs> did. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> but um, um, I did get the D with Robert the first time I played because I didn't know hitting it on that one night stand would be detrimental to getting to know him. Right. Um, but actual D, I did get a D on the third date with Matt, who's the coffee shop dad. And then he was like, "Sorry, I just want to be friends." I was like, "Okay." Well, and so like, does that? But so, so, but so, if they gave you a D, like, does that mean you like? "Quote unquote" failed it, or does that just mean that it just didn't work out? Um, That's what I'm trying to figure out so, with this rating. So for the dates, are there's dialogue choices. So as you go through things, as you go through activities, there's many games. There's dialogue choices, and so I think with Matt, because his backstory is like he, him, and his former his his now deceased wife were in a band together, blah blah blah, and she dies, and so he hasn't played music since. And, but he's got all, you're over at his place and you're hanging out and, and you get rolled buying oregano instead of weed. So, <laughs> seriously, I'm like, how how did you not know this was oregano? But never mind. How old are you? Right. Like I mean, your kids. 
okay, your your player character is like really like he's like total doesn't understand memes, doesn't understand social media. I'm like, look, I'm probably the same age as this dude would really be, and I'm pretty sure I know what Facebook is. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like you know, I don't indulge often, but I do know what weed smells and looks like. Right. So. You know, how do you how do you get rolled for oregano? That's like the oldest thing in the book. Right. <laughs> um, but there's like this whole thing where you're talking about music because your character is supposed to have been in a ska band in college. And if you push too hard to get him to play music, I think that's kind of what did it. Because his oh, whole okay. thing is it's wrapped up in the memory of the now deceased wife and he hasn't oh, okay. played since she died. Right, right. So it's like there's a lot of deep emotional things in here where I was not expecting it. So, okay. So, all right. So you are a person who played in a ska band <laughs> in college uh-huh. and don't know what confuse, confuse oregano for marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Do you also have blonde dreads? You can do that because you can build your dad. So you okay. could, in theory, be a white dude with blonde dreads. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I think that is, like, that is playing the game correctly, right? Is, yeah, but it's just is, like, come on now, really? How yeah, How is yeah. my character doesn't know what social media is, doesn't right. know what memes are, <laughs> is like the incompetent middle-aged dude, and I'm like, come on, y'all, can we right. not? Yeah, and the, the, the ability to dad thing, I'm not sure how accurate, how many options you get, but I saw Patrick Klepek's dad. Oh, really? looked exactly like him. Like, it was like, <laughs> well, have you seen <laughs> Patrick? <laughs> like, I was like, Patrick, you are a dream daddy. Like, right, what? Like, yeah. I mean, oh uh, to be fair, Patrick Klepek is like... <laughs> white dude number seven right i mean mean, uh, without really trying i made tony stark today so (laughs) i want to see if i can make my black ass and dream daddy yeah right yeah really i'll I'll make (laughs) you the next one sharif so yeah so so dream dad dream dad is available Uh, just on steam uh, just on steam do you know how much it is 15 bucks 15 bucks so uh if you want a dream daddy scenario Go ahead and download Dream Dad uh, on Steam for 15 bucks. Uh, thank you so much, Tanya. You are welcome. And uh, thank you so much, Bricago, because we have now finished the 183rd, the 183rd, the 183rd uh, episode of the Swan Army podcast. Uh, before we get out of here, I will let Tanya do her social media business and then reef will follow up with all of the rest of the social media business. Yep. I am pretty easy to find Look for cypher tier anywhere on the internet, which is C Y P H E R O F T Y R. Or if you're all about that diversity life, like Sharif is, then come over to I need diverse games, which is I need D I V G M S on Twitter. And otherwise I need diverse games.org. Wait, I'm not about that diversity game. <laughs> <laughs> No, Sharif, but Sharif has gaming looks good. Right. Yeah. I mean, Sharif does make games look good. I, I make nothing look good. So, yeah, you're right. You're, no, no. You're, you're right. You're you, right, Tanya. You just fucked up you're my right. segue. Thanks. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm See, sorry. Just <laughs> let Tanya work. Yes. Okay? Let yes. work. Yeah. Good job. Good job. See, you had one job, as well. Right. I did. Yeah. 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 I fucked it up. All right, uh, Reef, <laughs> social media business. 
<laughs> what up? Us. So uh, you can go to our website, spawnon.me. Uh, that'll get you to information about us, archive of all of our shows, um, information on our Spawn for Good charity stuff that'll be coming up MLK weekend next year. All that good stuff is at spawnon.me. Um, you can also find us at esn.fm slash spawnonme as well. Um, and you can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, um, under Spawn on Me. So um, if it's, in particular, if you go to our Twitter profile, it'll have links to all of our individual Twitter accounts as well. Um, so you can follow both the show account and follow us individually too. Um, we're also starting to stream more on Twitch. So like if you go to twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me and Spawn on Me 2, we have two different uh, brand accounts. Um, and then we also have our like own Twitch channels as well. Um, um, in particular, I am starting to stream on Fridays, um, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central um, under hashtag Reef Streams. Um, and I'm streaming different, different stuff. So um, d- definitely check me out there on twitch.tv slash Reef Jackson. Um, and I'm also streaming to Mixer as well. So um, mixer.com slash Sharif Jackson. Um, trying to see how that works. I still haven't gotten one mixer viewer yet. Um, <laughs> you need to tell people so, more often. I didn't even know you had a mixer account. So yeah, neither yeah. did I. So. Hey, I just start. I just started up, man. I was like, let me just start it up. Um, but you know, every every time I go live, I try to include that as well. But like, everybody just goes to Twitch. So you you know how it is. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, also, if you want to email us, if you have any comments on the show. Go to spawn on me podcast at gmail.com as well. Uh, send us an email, shout out, uh, and then all the usual rate us on iTunes. Um, and also check out our show on NPR One as well on the app for mobile phones. If you search for Spawn on Me, uh, you'll find us there as well. So yes. That's the business. Right on. Right on. Well done, sir. Uh, so, yeah. Um... The great captain is uh, gone, but not forgotten, uh, and uh, he will be returning uh, next week, hopefully fresh and so clean, clean. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, uh, for the uh, often visiting our favorite visitor, Tanya to pass for Sharif Jackson, I am Cicero Holmes. This is the Spawnomy Podcast, episode 183. And we say peace. Peace. Hey.